I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 83 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like my name, you know, Evan, but Revolution. You put the two together, you get an Evanlution. Come check it out on Twitter there. Hit me up. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. Or if you don't have Twitter, which I highly recommend, you can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. It's really that easy. There's many ways to get in touch. Let me know what you like, what you hate about the show, what you want to hear more of. It's all about helping you get better at Dynasty Fantasy Football. And what better way to do that than have intelligent conversations with super intelligent guests ignore the host apologies hopefully you enjoyed part one of the trading time machine with matt donnelly on his birthday what a laud um but yeah we're back here for part two of that discussion got a few more trades to talk through in the time machine and see what we can find out and let's just jump right into it let's make a deal sold your ways you have another trade here for us. What what did you what did you get up to with this one? Well, I like how we kind of segue into one another's trades here because I went and got <laughs> myself some more Javante Williams because I yes. love myself Javante Williams. I made this trade. I've even got Melvin Gordon on the same roster. So I made this trade to bring in Javante Williams halfway through last season. I'm like, you know what? Melvin Gordon, he is not going to be back. There's no way the Broncos are going to bring Melvin Gordon back for another year. But you know what? Even if they do, I am comfortable with what Javante Williams has done in pair, in sync with Melvin Gordon. So I don't feel too bad, but I made this move thinking, hey, you know what? I'm going to get myself a stud running back. I know it goes against all my virtues about trading for a running back and drafting him and vice versa, but we're talking about a guy who's coming out of year one. This is his rookie year. So I don't feel bad trading for a rookie running back because the value is still going to be there. I also added Fred Warner to this because I needed a linebacker because this is one of those IDP leagues. Like you mentioned, we start, I think, something like... 13 or 14 offensive players and like 14 or 15 defensive players. And if you don't have depth where you can start these guys all over the place, you're in trouble. And again, I feel comfortable with what I've been able to do in the Debbie. I felt good what I had in my taxi squad, my practice squad. And I also knew that the first round, uh, so we got a, basically a rookie draft and then a Debbie draft. I felt like the, the rookie draft was going to be pretty much dried out. I kind of went through potential rookies that could be coming out went through everybody's roster you know what every big name rookie that's out there is already on someone's roster so I had no problem moving my first and my second rookie pick in that season but it came into is I also had to trade my second and third Debbie pick I made sure to hang on to my first round Debbie pick because I'm not going to let go of that first round pick because I know for a fact I can hit on this one after that, it's anybody's guess, right? So I, I traded the first and second of the rookie in a Debbie depleted draft, and they also traded a second and third Debbie pick 
to bring in Javante Williams and Fred Wharton. I feel pretty good about this, even with the belief that Melvin Gordon's gone. Even though Melvin Gordon hasn't moved on, he's going to move on in a year anyway. I mean, it's coming. Javante Williams' time is coming. In the meantime, he's still going to put up 1,000 yards. He's still probably going to flirt with eight, nine touchdowns. He's still going to be a solid return of investment. Another thing that I would I, that I think of when you've said that is, we talk about these sort of rules or mantras, and it's like in Dynasty though, they're every like every rule has its like you know exception. You know what I mean? So even if like you said, you're not like I don't like to trade for running backs, but you're talking about a stud running back who's literally a rookie, so that's an okay, that's an acceptable situation. A lot of these times we're talking about these is this is a general rule of thumb that you probably want to eight out of ten, nine out of ten times follow. Um, so yeah, I really like that. And I also really like the fact that you were talking there about doing your due diligence. I think that's a really important piece that people don't talk about a lot. They always talk about what is the value of the trade? So what am I getting back? What am I giving? Is that good? Does it help my roster? But really like, especially once you get into picks and things like that, it's really smart to be able to kind of have a little peek at other people's rosters, see where are they strong? Where are they weak? You know, what do you know? I mean, I've heard some people in suggesting things like keeping a little notebook on your league mates, just like, oh yeah, Johnny, he loves Cowboys. You know, he loves Cowboys players oh yeah tim he he's all about those picks man like any he'll throw anybody away for a pick you know keeping those little those, those are the kind of edges that you can get in your league where it really pays dividends if you know that this person's a sucker for rookies or this person just loves tight ends or this person just loves chiefs players or whatever those are the kind of edges that you can get and i also love the fact that you you really wanted javonta williams but then you added fred warner into the deal as well that's one thing i I very rarely will just do like a one for one sort of trade. Like sometimes, you know, especially maybe if it's in season and it's a position of real need and you need to fill a hole in your roster or something. But I almost always try and work two for ones or, you know, three for twos and things like that because again dynasty is a you've got a finite amount of resources you need to maximize every resource if it just means something silly like just go ahead and throw a third on and we'll do it you know we'll do the deal you may not even want that third but it does matter because when you can turn around then in six months time and you're like oh uh here's three thirds can i have that second you know or whatever those matter so if you get these little thirds and fourths added on and little pieces little players like you say oh um you know, if I just said, hey, yeah, uh, just put DJ Chark on. Yeah, we'll do that deal. You know, when he's on the IR, then I use DJ, DJ Chark to move up in the draft. It's all about asset management. So I love that you said that as well, because I think that's a real savvy move because a lot of people, um, I see a lot of people just doing one-for-one trades. Like, you know, I, I give Jalen Waddle and I get back Javonta Williams, who wins here? And it's like, eh, it's pretty complicated when you get into like scenarios like that. And ultimately, you know, you're just wanting to maximize. I'm not saying you're trying to screw people over. You just want to maximize your return on your investment. Um, and you only have so many players and so many picks that you can trade away. One um, trade that I was bringing up here was kind of funny. I wanted to talk about it because it is sort of that situation where you can see how the process was probably right, but you kind of feel a bit bummed about how it worked out for you. Um, so this happened. This is actually even a little bit further back. This is October 2020. So this is kind of coming up on two years ago. And I just remember this trade and this makes me laugh because it's a 12 team, super flex, tight end premium. And there is some IDP. It's not a crazy, it's like two or three linebackers and like two defensive linemen. It's nothing massive. It's like sort of you start eight or nine IDP probably. And you start about eight or nine sort of offensive players. Um, and this is, so this would have been CD Lamb's rookie season. And obviously he was really highly touted and he was good as a rookie he wasn't great he wasn't like blowing the doors off and i really really wanted cd lamb i really loved cd lamb so 
I went to the guy who had CD Lamb and I offered him Cooper Cup and Shaq Thompson, who is an a linebacker, an IDP linebacker. And when the deal went through, everybody was annoyed at me. They were like, you stole CD Lamb. I can't believe you got CD Lamb for so cheap. That's ridiculous. You know, Cooper Cup was just like, he was doing okay. He was all right. It was like, he was fine that year. And then obviously this year happened and he has like the greatest season that a wide receiver's ever had. And CD Lamb was fine, but he wasn't amazing this year. And so you're sort of sitting there thinking, dang it, if I just hadn't done that deal, maybe he would have, because I, I got to the playoffs and I think I made it to the championship or I got knocked out in the semifinals. So you're sort of looking at it and you're like, man, if I hadn't done that deal, I probably could have won the championship. And there's just no way of knowing that that would happen. And to be honest, looking at it now, I'm like, well, I still think it was the right process to follow because you're getting much younger. He's a very highly touted player in a solid situation. You're getting more years added on. So it's probably still the right process but it doesn't always work out so again don't be too bummed out if you do the right thing and it doesn't work out as long as you know that your process is solid that's why i'm still okay with the trade because i'm like yeah it sucks it would have been nice to have cooper cup but there's no way of knowing that that was going to happen and ultimately i still feel like you know it's not like it's not like cd lamb is a bust and he's rubbish you know people still value him as a top five top 10 dynasty wide receiver it's just crazy the way it happened and just so happened that he was like he had the best you know season of wide receivers ever had but um do you have what are your thoughts on that trade do you still feel like it was the right process would you have done that trade in hindsight um or do you have a different take on that at all matt no i think your process is right on that one i think a lot of us heading into that season heading into the 2021 season i think a lot of us had cd lamb as a top five fantasy option there and not not taking anything way from Cooper Cup, but I think we still had him about top 15, top 20 still. He's still, we've seen what he did with Robert Woods. We've seen that they could both be viable uh, top 24 wide receivers. And so I can see why the move made sense for both sides. I mean, if I'm getting, getting rid of CeeDee Lamb, I'm still bringing in a solid wide receiver who's going to give me top 12 production in Cooper Cup, ahead of obviously what you said, the greatest season of all time for a wide receiver. Shaq Thompson is another Nice throw in. Makes me feel like I won this trade now. Now I've got Cooper Cup and Shaq Thompson. So I feel good about that as the guy who's moving on from CD Lamb. I love myself some some CD Lamb. I probably would have made the same deal you did there just to get him into my roster. I, I see the process. I agree with it for the most part. And I'm not going to knock your thought process because my process would have been the exact same. Yeah. And it is, it is funny though, as well, because I sort of think about it. And like you said, even with that trade that you brought up at the start where you sort of did the opposite, you were kind of offloading some picks and some youth to get some of these vets on that you knew were going to give you really solid production. It is a cautionary tale. Like we do get, and we can't help ourselves. Like we love dynasty and it's kind of part and parcel is you love rookies. You love the young players. You love getting excited about the future of the NFL, the future of your squads. And we also have this fear of like we talked about already hanging on too long and getting stuck holding the bag. And if you get stuck holding the bag too often, your team is just rubbish and you can't do anything with it. And that sucks. But we do get a little too obsessed with youth sometimes. And I'm not saying that I did that in this situation. And I'm not saying that that is what this is, but it is a cautionary tale because you do see, I've seen a lot of crazy um, trades happen in this rookie draft season, you know, where people are just throwing away vets. I actually, funny enough, I traded, so I'm not even, and I'm a Vikings fan. So if you're saying, if I'm saying this, you know that it, this is how I really feel. Like I'm not a big Irv Smith guy. Like I'm not a big Irv Smith Jr. believer. I don't really think he's going to be an elite tight end. Um, I think he'll have a lot of opportunity this year. And I think hopefully he'll maximize that. But 
I'm not a big believer, but we got into this rookie draft. And first of all, in this league, it's like a tight end premium, but it's an insane tight end premium. Like I think it's like two and a half points per reception for tight ends or something ridiculous. Like it's absolutely obscene. Um, and, and this guy, he'd taken over an orphan in the, in the league for, for um, this is his first year in the league. And we're in the rookie draft and he throws up about four or five guys on the trade block. And our rookie draft is ongoing. And Irv Smith is one of the guys. And he says literally in the group chat, he just says something like, fourth and fifth round picks wanted or something like that. I literally couldn't get there quick enough. I offered him my fourth and my fifth round pick. I didn't even think twice about it. And he accepted it straight away. Didn't even ask any questions. Didn't counter just took fourth and fifth round pick for Irv. And they were like the four eleven, the five eleven for Irv Smith. And I, I was just, okay. So I waited about five or six days. Rookie draft ended, put Irv Smith back up on the trade block. And sure enough, uh, a guy in the league who knows what the tight end premium is like, knows what the situation is and everything. I'm not, I'm not saying the other guy didn't know. I think he may have known. He just maybe just not, not liked him, didn't believe in him. But I turned that pick within a week. I turned that into um, I, Kenny Moore, which is it's an IDP league. who's like the top DB last year and a 23 second. So I picked up Irv Smith for a fourth and fifth round late picks in this year's draft. And within like a week, I flipped him around for a usable asset that I needed that filled a hole and I got a 23 seconds. So I moved up multiple spots in a better draft. And, you know, those are the kind of things that probably he just got rookie fever. He probably was just like really excited about some running back or some linebacker or something like that, that he really believed in. He got sick and tired of looking at Irv Smith on his roster because he didn't get any use out of him last year. And he just thought, yeah, whatever, just get him off my roster. And I saw, I saw in a different league, I saw somebody drop um, OBJ on the waiver wire the other day, just literally just drop OBJ like on the waiver wire and like, come on, come on guys. You know, that's just giving away money. And I don't think that's a really solid uh, strategy. Even if you're going to get them away, give them away for a third or something. Don't just drop them on the waiver wire. Um, so those are a couple of the things that I was thinking about with that, with, with what you were saying, even last trade, I wanted to bring up here just, just wanted to kind of get your take on this as well, because this is, I thought this was a fun one. It's kind of one of those big blockbuster deals. That's really scary when you do them, but they're a lot of fun as well. I think this trade took like multiple days to negotiate and back and forth and mix pieces around and things like that and this happened last year during the season this was about october time again a lot of trades happened in october apparently um it was a 12 team super flex ppr no tight end premium um and basically this is it's a big deal so i'll go through it just slowly piece by piece so i gave away deandre hopkins jonathan taylor a 22 first a 23 fourth and a 24 fourth. So I will say first and foremost, fourths don't really mean anything to me. So I think I just add them in because he was asking for something and I was like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Here's some fourth round picks. So basically DeAndre Hopkins, Jonathan Taylor and a 22 first. I got back Dallas Goddard, Miles Gaskin, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins and a 22 second. So the interesting thing is now I remember at the time it was a really scary deal. It was tough because DeAndre Hopkins had a really good start to the season still, but I knew for me personally, I was like, he's getting a bit older. He's nearing that cliff. You never know when that cliff comes. I'd rather get younger. Jonathan Taylor, we've already talked about my mindset with running backs. No running back is untouchable or not able to be moved. Justin Jefferson, again, not because I'm a Vikings fan, but Justin Jefferson is my 101, my wide receiver one 
all in all of Dynasty right now is Jefferson, Jefferson one, Jamar Chase two. And um, so I was like, okay, well, yes, I'm getting rid of the top running back, but I'm getting the top wide receiver who has a longer shelf life in theory, um, who's going to give more to my roster. Dallas Goddard hadn't been released of Zach Ertz yet at that stage, but I sort of saw the writing on the wall. I figured that was going to come sooner rather than later. Um, so now for me, looking at this a year on, yeah, of course it kind of sucks not having Jonathan Taylor anymore. Of course it does. But Dallas Goddard is a much better position than he was. He's a super solid piece for my roster. Miles Gaskin, I never really was that bothered. I just got him to be thrown in anyways, just because, but he's just the guy. He's just there in case I need him. Justin Jefferson, again, super happy with that. And then it comes down to like, well, would I rather have T Higgins um, and a 22 second than DeAndre Hopkins and a 22 first? Well, I'd rather have T Higgins and a 22 second based on the way that his career is going, the way the trajectory is going, um, the years left on his on him and ultimately having only moved back a few picks in a draft. So I've gone from the first into the second round. Um, so that's how I sort of look at it. It's a really interesting trade though, because those kind of trades can be really scary. And it's funny because the guy who I traded this with, he just talked to me in the group chat the other day, or actually no, a private chat. And he was like, man, really not enjoying being the DeAndre Hopkins manager right now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, I understand totally, man, because that value is just kind of fallen out. And now even when he comes back, even if he has a killer end of the season, people are going to be thinking like, oh man, he's like 30 and you know, they're not going to give you top dollar for him anymore. So I feel like it was really solid. Yes. It hurts to get rid of Jonathan Taylor, but I got rid of an aging asset only moved back a couple picks, got the, my number one wide receiver, got a really good tight end and another top 15 wide receiver out of it. So that's the way I would sort of look at it. What are your thoughts? Do you have a different sort of take on it? Cause I know everyone sort of sees these things a little bit differently. I think the first thing I, I think about here is you cannot get attached to these players, right? I mean, that's first and foremost as, as fantasy managers, we need to stop overvaluing our own players. Cause how often we see this in every league when you're trying to make a trade, obviously whoever you're trying to trade for the other manager values them more than perhaps even you do at this time, which drives up that market value. We won't know who won that Cooper Cup CD Lamb trade that we mentioned earlier until five years down the road. If we take Cooper Cup and CD Lamb's numbers from last year and then the next four or five years, maybe that trade looks a little bit different five years down the road. Cooper Cup, you mentioned 28, 29, 30. By the time we look at the five year period, he's 33 years old. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is the exact same here. For me, forget about the fourth round picks. I don't care about those either in this deal. For me, this is Dallas Goddard, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins for Hopkins and Jonathan Taylor. Knowing Hopkins last year going into the season was a top 12 option in fantasy, but pushing that 30-year period. Now I want to put Hopkins versus T. Higgins in a five-year window because I always take my dynasty trades, my dynasty leagues in three-year windows. That's how I evaluate my roster, what we're going to get in three years from now. So if I'm looking at Hopkins, yes, he's coming in hot. He's still got the name. He's still producing. But we know that that 30-year-old season's coming up. It is going to be a little wary for me. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins. I think moving forward in the next five-year period, that T. Higgins, regardless, was going to outproduce Hopkins. You're looking at 35-year-old Hopkins, and you're looking at 20 seven 28 year old t higgins so by the time this five-year period ends you're getting t higgins at 28 years old which is still younger than what hopkins is currently so that's where we talk about that managing your assets that risk management here in fantasy football then it comes down to jonathan taylor versus justin jefferson and what your current roster construction may look like at that time if i have running backs i feel comfortable with 
I have less concern about trading Jonathan Taylor for Justin Jefferson. Again, I'd rather draft running backs and trade for wide receivers because of the shelf life. We've mentioned this. So I feel okay, Justin Jefferson for Jonathan Taylor straight up, but I, I could see why either side would want either one of these players. But it comes down to, do you have what it takes to mitigate the loss of Jonathan Taylor? Does he have what it has to mitigate the loss of Justin Jefferson? If the answer is yes on both sides, it's a no-brainer for both parties involved. If you are trading away Jonathan Taylor and Miles Gaskin is going to be your starting running back, then I'm going to be very wary of this deal. I'm probably not pulling the trigger as much as I love Justin Jefferson. If Miles Gaskin is again thrown in this trade because I need a running back to fill out my lineup, my starting lineup, then I'm probably not making this move if I'm your, you. Now, I'm trusting that you have some running backs. You feel comfortable with your RB2 being able to slide into that RB1 role. Maybe you've got an RB3 that you feel comfortable with that RB2. If that's the case, then by all means, I'm hitting accept on this to get Justin Jefferson. So it's understanding your roster construction and if you can mitigate the loss of a stud player in the situation. Yeah, and I think that that's a lot of great points that you bring up because and and again this is why i wanted to have this episode is just i think it's so interesting to go back and review a trade six months or a year later because you can often feel so different about it you can realize oh man i wish i hadn't done that and you can see really interesting points why or you can just sort of say yeah i like the way that deal worked out i like my process here i think this makes sense for me um you know one sort of one sort of funny trade mishap that I will throw out as a warning, a cautionary tale to you would be traders don't trade whilst looking after your children or really doing anything that requires brain activity. If you're like me, um, I had, <laughs> I had one league where it's sort of a real full circle situation because last year when Cam Akers tore his Achilles, somebody, because obviously we all thought and we all kind of, you know, had that thing in the back of our heads that like man Achilles killing tearing your Achilles is kind of a death sentence for a running back you know that just seemed like what the that was seemed like the the status quo wisdom right when it happened and this this person just panicked and just dropped him on the waiver wires like completely just dropped Cam Aker on the waiver wires I went in and bid on him I I'm pretty sure I won him for like $12 of fab I think the next highest guy was like $9 or twelve $10 or something like that so I felt so smart felt so good about this sat him on the IR just waited he came back at the end of the season i'm feeling great and then we're coming up a couple weeks from rookie draft time and one of the guys in this league who always likes to send like low ball offers out for some reason sent me this offer and i was looking after my daughter at the time she's two so we're playing running around and he sends me like um rashad bateman on like a fifth and a sixth round pick or something for cam Akers. and so i thought that was gonna be really funny and clever and i thought i'll send him a back a counter and i will i'll ask for like rashad bateman and like two first round picks or something like that and just to be like see do you how do you like that trade so i'm talking to my daughter playing with my daughter and i'm going in i'm modifying the trade and i i opened it up to modify it i don't know what i did i don't know if she said something to me or whatever i just hit submit I never changed. So I, no, no, sorry. I, um, he'd, he'd sent me not, he didn't send me Rashad Bateman. He sent me somebody really, really bad, like some, you know, wide receiver two or three and like a fifth and sixth round pick. So I sent it back Rashad Bateman and a fifth and sixth instead of, I meant to send it back Rashad Bateman and two firsts. And I set the phone down. I was talking to my daughter and the minute I realized what I'd done, I was like, Oh no. And I went open up the phone. Sure enough, he'd already hit accept. Like the minute it came through, he'd like hit accept on me. So I, uh, I had to live with that one and that's my own fault. So definitely don't trade 
or or entertain trades whilst looking after your children because you might end up regretting it. Well, I make a lot of trades looking after kids because there's a lot of kids that run around here. But I, I could pro- not to want up your story, but <laughs> I, I've got one right here. I, it's one of my home leagues. And it's, it's a bunch of guys. We're a bunch of idiots together. I mean, when we get together, there's like drywall getting smashed over each other's heads. I mean, it's an absolute crapshoot to begin with. I remember literally minutes after getting out of surgery, still medicated heavily, just after the operation, I opened up my, this is why you're not supposed to bring your phone to the hospital. I opened up my phone. I seen a trade offer in there. I don't even remember what the trade offer was. I hit accept just because it was on there. I don't know what I was doing. It turned out, I this is like prime Larry Fitzgerald. I gave away Larry Fitzgerald and I, I can't even remember who the return was, but it was, oh, it was, it was bad. It was not a good trade. And then I didn't realize what I had done. I didn't realize there was a trade made until two days later when I went to go set my lineup. Like that's where we were at. I was like, I'm like, where's Larry? Where's Larry? And I went to the, I'm like, where's Larry? This ain't right. Where'd he go? And I'm looking, looking, like, where the heck did, did I, was I making waiver moves? Cause the guys he sent me were like literally waiver wire caliber. <laughs> what kind of friend so, is like, Hey, this guy's just had surgery. I better send him some garbage trade offer. <laughs> so that was like, and this is one of those leagues that you have trades right up into the playoffs. Well, funny story. We end up playing each other in the first round of the playoffs and Larry Fitzgerald knocks me out. No. I remember trying to call the commissioner two days like after this trade. I'm like, hey, you got to reverse this. I was not in my right mind. If we were in a legal court right now, this would be thrown out. You can't like, hold oh, this sorry, against this me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, sorry, a deal done is a deal done. I'm like, really? Really? I'm like, but hey, I mean, that's the thing. Don't trade with your kids around and don't trade coming off out of the operation. So there's a couple yes, of bits always have, have a. Yes, exactly. Always have some sort of like a designated phone carrier or something like that when you're in these vulnerable situations. Don't drink and trade. Don't look after kids and trade. Don't go to, um, don't get a surgery and trade whilst on the surgery table. Those are the key lessons I hope you've learned today um, in this episode. So guys, I, uh, I'm i going to let Matt go here because it's his birthday and I really appreciate his time that he's given us. Matt, thank you so much for taking time out of your birthday. Again, super happy birthday. Guys, go follow Matt at Matt Donnelly FF on Twitter. Check out his work over at the Vipers Network. Check out his Patreon. I believe, how much is it? It's only like a couple dollars a month. It's really cheap. So yeah, we've got all kinds of options there right now i have a very useful at least i find it very useful if you're looking for those depth charts offensive defensive and you're sick and tired of flipping from one screen to the other i've got a fancy tool out there basically a spreadsheet that i call the heat check if a player is hot they're going to be bright red if they're going to be cold they're going to be blue and it's every team's depth chart from qb1 qb2 qb3 running back one through five, wide receiver one through five, and it's every team's depth chart on one page. So you don't have to go around and flip back and forth. Consider that the heat check basically as a tiering depth chart all in one spot. We go a little bit deeper, this and that, plus some other tiers there you get. Uh, you get first early access to some of my articles and rankings. There's another tier there for one-on-one consulting where I'll sit down with you for 20 minutes, once to one time per month, Go over one of your league rosters here. Talk about a roster construction. Maybe talk about some of these uh, dynasty trade debates here that you may be thinking right now. Remember, it's always your team. It's not my team. I'm just kind of that voice of reason, that little soundboard. And that's kind of what we offer there. Now, you mentioned 
uh, articles, man. I got all kinds of articles coming out here on the Vipers Network here on the DynastyVipers.com and YouTube. Make sure to check us out on YouTube because there are videos upon videos upon videos coming out. I think I've put out about 120 since January. Well, I've got about 65 more videos basically scheduled or in the works to take you right up to August 10th. That's right, like 60 plus videos here in the next month and a half. So you're going to want to make sure to get in there, turn on those notifications, and make sure like on this podcast here right now, if you're listening to us, hit that rate and review, hit that five-star, whatever your podcasting platform is, make sure you do it right now. Do it over in the Vipers as well. Let's help all these podcasts, so especially these Ma and Pa ones here. They're looking for getting a little traction here this Dynasty offseason. Absolutely. And guys, let me tell you, I know this is an audio-only podcast, but this handlebar mustache is worth the price of admission alone. You're going to want to check this out. Get over on the YouTubes. Check out the Dynasty Vipers. Um, as you can tell, super smart guy, loads and loads of content. Like It's like drinking from a, a water hose, drinking from a fire hydrant here, um, getting all this content that you're going to get. And literally, it's only a couple of dollars a month so it's a super great deal i love the idea of not having to flip over tabs i mean i literally was joking about it today on twitter i have about 30 tabs open at all times on my computer um so the idea of being able to get all that stuff on one tab without having to flip around constantly is an absolute absolute treasure um that is worth the price of admission so definitely check that out make sure and give matt a follow matt thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us your wisdom hopefully you won't be a stranger would love to have you on again sometime soon but have a happy birthday and make sure and spend some time with your wife and tell her thank you for letting you come on the show on your birthday well you know what even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while so hopefully there was some wisdom that some people can pull out here from the show for myself uh uh, glad to be on here. It was good to finally get on this show here, talk a little bit of Dynasty football, talk some trades. And I know this is something we've been working on for a while, so hopefully we can do it a little bit sooner next time. Absolutely, man. Thank you again. And guys, thanks very much for your time. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hit us up if you have any questions. Matt, have a happy birthday, and we will speak to you guys again soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate